Bonjour, everyone. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. Oh, como tali vous? It's uh, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Merci beaucoup. French fries. What's up, Justin? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Parley my vu. I didn't know we were getting French over here today. Sapase. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's uh, Haitian Creole. I know. I know the difference. Shout out to all my Haitian people. Uh, listen, I got something very important going on over here. <sighs> Justin? Yeah. How was your weekend? Ooh. Matter of fact, how were your last several weekends? Let's, Tom, we got to be <laughs> upfront about something. We've neglected Justin's weekend for too long. Wow, don't put that on me. That's you. Heavy. No, because <laughs> it always goes, Tom, how was your weekend? And then you kick the ball right back to me, and I got to hop on the Segway and get the guest in here. Okay. Um, but you got to kick that ball over to, over to Justin sometime. Justin, tell us about your weekend. What's going on, buddy? Oh, man. Everything okay? Yeah, it's, it's great, man. How's you Arizona? Know? How's the little lady? Oh, Fiance's doing doing wonderful. How are the dogs? Uh, we've been smashing crossword puzzles. Nice. Uh, fucking going on. You know, okay. Only thing we're smashing. You had, you had, me, in the, you had me in the first. Three okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, the puppies are great. Um, two beautiful pit bull puppies. They are beautiful. Uh, yeah. Little girls. Amazing. Little babies. Um, you know, I've been in the wood shop, been working. Uh, I've been, sm- you know, uh, industry. I keep using sm- smashes. Smashes on the mind right now. I'm trying to smash. I'm oh, playing Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Smashing, uh, smash out what? these little mini miniature coffins right now for this uh, dangerous thing cassette release. Um, wow. Allegedly out by the time this podcast comes out. Wow. Do, yeah. they, do they come in red? Uh, one is in red. This is amazing. Right. Very. Yeah. We got to put this there up. For people to see, yeah, we got to really photos, do. We yeah. need an Instagram post about this. That's right. It'll be it'll be coming up. Um, they're uh, they're great. They're better than your cassette. Uh, oh. you listeners, um, it's sick. Also, uh, BattleBots. Um, yes, BattleBots uh, back on television. Uh, the sickest show. You, know, you I... might remember it from the early two thousands. Yeah. Comedy Central Sports, uh, Biohazard. Uh, you know. There was actually there was a BattleBot match between a robot called Biohazard and a robot called Suicidal Tendencies, <laughs> and I was just I just heard there's breakdowns the entire time, um, and it was very very fun. Yeah, I I heard that there's a team called Rotator on the new. Sure. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Rotator, the French breakcore artist, which yeah. is very metal adjacent. Yeah, extremely man. Extremely good metal adjacent. Uh, I want to call out my dude, uh, my my dude. I forget his name, but uh, his robot is the Mad Catter. Huh. And uh, all he does is he points at the screen, and he's he's a like a science teacher at this at this local college from wherever he is local, and he's just trying to cut these wrestling promos. But he he's got so much like science education in his in his head that he can't he can't dumb himself down enough to to really get it right. But the energy is there. That's my favorite fucking thing in the world. And sounds, they're undefeated right now, and, and yeah. they're trying to get that big nut. That's what's the, that's what the best thing about BattleBots is. Speaking of, speaking of smashing, is the prize is, is a giant nut, and uh-huh. when they interview all these uh, all these drivers and these builders, they they're like, hey, we're just out there playing for that big nut right now. We're just trying to get that big nut. That, is, that sounds good. Yeah. They go out there and they want the nut, and I can relate because we're trying to smash. Tom, I, I remember why I stopped asking <laughs> Justin about his weekends. <laughs> How's your weekend over there, Tom? Too much fun. Actually, I spent it with you, to be fair. So I think we can kind of like tandem this one. And oh, then, boy. Um, we, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, how was your weekend? You, we were, spent, you were invited. I was, were no, invited. I was absolutely invited. I had to stay back to do some uh, work we for. Uh, we didn't for, ditch old Justin. Yeah. For wine. I had to do yeah. some wine. 
Uh, he, he drank wine by himself. I had to That's drink what some he, wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of the two uh, weekend days, traditionally Saturday and Sunday, we spent both of them together. Um, yeah, which, mm, yeah, it was a good time. So the first day out on Saturday, we did a uh, smoke sesh with Chris and Chris from Internal Bleeding. I don't know if you've heard of that band before, but uh, man, they the yes, you know who they're toxic, um, <laughs> uh, toxic masculinity, toxic friendships. Oh, yes, Mexi- yeah, okay. Uh, Will, what did you get high? I had a fun time. Did you have a fun time at the smoke? Yeah, sesh? great time with those guys, man. Good time with the smoke yeah. sesh. People could check it out on YouTube. We answered a couple of the old questions. Uh, talked a little bit about the podcast, reminisced a little bit with internal bleeding. It was a beautiful experience out there at the smoke set. Shout out to uh, Chris Pervelis, Chris McCarthy, and uh, all the internal bleeding gang. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I may have, or may have not, had to puke on the way home. That, that's oh. your business. Oh, well, I, I'm yeah. just saying, you know, when you, get, when you get a few drinks in you and you have such a good time, uh, things happen. And then you wake up the next day and you record your friend. Yeah, uh, but, but listen... <laughs> We, we didn't start till noon. You had plenty of time. All right. <laughs> you you make it sound like 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 you like you were throwing up and then like two hours later I'm like not like Dom, we gotta do the vocals. Get up. No, no. Wake I up, you, Tom, it's my you time. You had plenty to of throw time up. to sleep. You rub some Vicks Vapor rub on your chest. You coddled me. You called you gave me some, too long of a break. Drank some nice Earl Grey tea. Yeah. Did you get an exit. Yeah, no, no. Oh, Japanese. wait a minute. Now Justin, you got me because you reminded me of something. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tom. the next day I did meet up at Tom's house um, to record uh, uh, the rest of the guttural vocals for the, all the guttural vocals for the Artificial Brain record have been recorded. Very some, sick. Yeah, some some would say that that means you're done. No, no, no one trick <laughs> pony. Uh, I have to I have to add a few shrill screams, a few of the old bark barks, you know, a few yeah. of those little things here and there to yeah, little, pepper it in. Little how uh, you doing? Yeah, all those type of things. But on my way down there, I was in a little bit of a rush, slept in Sunday morning, uh, stopped down at that new, uh, what, what, it used to be one stop deli in Huntington. Oh, that cro- down at the crossroads. Yeah, now it's like the the weird, like, um, boomer businessman version of rock and, like, rock and roll yeah. with, with paintings in the window. Like that it's weird, called the crossroads now. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, I stopped in. They're trying to recapture the spirit of the old one stop. I no. see. I, I got. They had like these pre-made sandwiches. They didn't have a pre-made bacon, egg, and cheese. Mm. They had a pre-made egg and sausage. I was in a rush. I just stopped in to get my chocolate milk for my guttural vocals. That's what's up. Um, That's quick. You? Not, not I, you. No, no, no. We're not. Doing, people can reference the upcoming video that documents the uh, vocal process. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. No spoil. We didn't go nest quick, and you'll see why and see what we used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so I got the I got the little ready to go in the warmed, uh, heated container. I opened the door and, and purchased myself this sausage and egg sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Crossroads. You know, trying to come in on a new business, building off the legacy of a one-stop, that stale roll. Yeah. That one uh, uh, sausage patty and one egg. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, a lot, I, lot to be desired. You're not even open till 4 a.m. So well, if you're gonna make yeah. a pre-made egg sandwich on Long Island, you really, you really got to put your heart into it. I agree. I have several bones to pick with the owners of that place because they own another place called Stella Blue, in which it, it repli- is the same, huh? Yes, and it oh. replicates the inside of an iPod that oh has been uh, that has been curated. 
by a man who surfs and doesn't actually listen to music. So um, there's a picture of Jerry Garcia. Shout out to him and his fingers. There is pictures of the Red Hot Chili Peppers inside. There is Jack Johnson. I doubt they've ever heard of the actual right, None man. of those people are even from Long Island. We have a rich history of, of popular music and rock and roll. I, I do not want to walk into a playlist when I'm hungry. Stray cats. These, these fucking idiots. It takes 10 minutes to make a bagel. I don't want to stand there and listen on your Sonos to a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Say Public no Enemy. More. Yes. Say EPMD. No mm-hmm. Billy Joel. Listen, old folks. You're not going to reclaim your youth by giving us shitty egg sandwiches. So won't you sit at home and fucking silver line your clouds with a different playlist, man, and come up with a different plan to give me better nourishment during the days and nights, dude. And that's all I got to say about that, man. I yeah. feel like egg sandwiches have been, like, um, licensed by the Tommy Bahama company. It's yeah. really weird. Yes. Anyway. Why don't you stop touching, so, touching to grays yeah, yeah. and why don't you give me a touch of maybe, like, an over-easy egg? Uh, but we recorded the vocals anyway. Um, I had a lovely conference. Your dad. Very interesting man. Yes. Oh, speak, shout yeah. out to Mr. Saltman. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. He also um, doesn't like Stella Blue, so. A man who has nobody yelled. Over his technical instrumental death metal band, Ophidius. A man who surfs the fretboard of his guitar playing dramatically technical death metal riffs in the band Hath, and who once was in the band Dystrophy from New New Jersey. Uh, I'm talking about Pete Brown. We're going to get Pete Brown of the band Hath on the horn tonight, Willow Tip recording artist. Uh, And he's going to school us a little bit on the art of technical death metal. He's going to talk about his different bands he's been in and how they interconnect uh, with different members of the scene that you might also know. Let's get him on the horn, guys. Call up New Jersey. Call him up. The Heavy Hole Podcast. Big Will here, joined as always by my loyal co-hosts Tom and Justin. And tonight's guest is Pete Brown uh, of the bands Hath and Ophidius and formerly of Dystrophy. How you doing, Pete? I'm good. How you doing, man? Great, man. Thanks for coming aboard. We're, we appreciate having you tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, you know, for our listeners, they they may um, uh, realize already Hath is a band that's put out, uh, if I got it right, the Of Rotten Rune LP, and just this, this year the Hive EP on Willow Tip Records. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk about some work you've you've done the uh, in the in the years prior to that. Um, but before we get into all that, we always start right from the beginning, Pete. And uh, I believe you guys are all from New Jersey, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm from. Uh north jersey like just outside new york and the rest of the guys are from south jersey outside philly okay which is a big distinction as i've learned over the years uh there's there's north and there's south jersey and there's uh the the areas that that root for the new york teams and the areas that root for the philly teams yep i'm i'm firmly on the north side (laughs) i don't no no one knows where that line really is but it, it exists it's it's somewhere in the woods by rob wharton's house i don't know but uh, but tell us a little bit then, are you from a musical family? Are there musicians in your family uh, before yourself? 
And is there anyone um, in your upbringing that was friendly towards heavy metal or punk rock or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say my family was musical. Uh, like, no one really played any instruments, um, but there was always, like, music on. Like, uh, always on in the house. Um, growing up, like, uh, Q104 was the radio station yeah. in, in every car, so I heard plenty of Led Zeppelin and ACDC yeah. and all that. Um, but, yeah, no, no instruments. I was kind of the odd one out there. Q104.3. We used to get that out on here on Long Island. Oh, yeah. That's right, my friend. <laughs> um, Shout out to Volvo 740s. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you... What happens first? Do you pick up an instrument or do you notice uh, heavier music and more extreme music? Um, definitely the prior. So, Or not... Well, definitely listening to music first. So <laughs> I, guess, I guess in school... Uh, let's see. Uh, seventh, eighth grade was when like Limp Bizkit and Tool and Corn all started blowing up. And I guess that was my first real exposure to metal. Not a great starting point, you know. But I, I, I beg to differ. I, yeah, I disagree. <laughs> Not everybody could be born in the eight. Could come up in the eighties, man. I was I was there too. And uh, from there, like just kind of throwing around Linkin Park tracks and Napster and all that, I stumbled on Master of Puppets, and I was like, whoa, this is way better. So, um, I think I saved, like, all the money I had from, like, my allowance for, like, a month or two, and I bought Metallica's S&M album at, like, Sam Goody, because I was like, well, I only have 20 bucks and for $18, I can get Master of Puppets. Or for $19, I can get, like, double the amount of music. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it, there's definitely, like, a gap nowadays where, you know, with st- you grow up with streaming. It's like you have everything. Whereas back then, it's like, all right, I have a very finite amount of money and ways to get this music. I got to make it count. Mm-hmm. Uh so it was definitely like a uh, quantity versus quality type of decision and from there I was like whoa all this Metallica stuff and I got I was in like the Metallica rabbit hole for years where I was like they're the best band they're the only band and um, just like complained at my parents for probably a a year straight I was like I want to play guitar like Metallica's the best I have to play guitar (laughs) and they, they like relented and I think my grandparents had an old acoustic guitar just like sitting in their attic and my parents took it and they're like all right if you can play like if you can commit to like teaching yourself this for six months we'll talk about guitar lessons and i must have tortured them with like the worst out of tune strumming for six months and it got to the point they were like all right we'll just take you to get lessons and um when we went to this this like a uh, local mom and pop music music store, uh, they had like five or six teachers that like were mostly jazz or blues oriented, and there was one metal guy. And um, I remember going to sign up. They asked me like, "Oh, what kind of bands do you do you listen to or do you want to learn?" And I was like, "Metallica." <laughs> like, all right, sent, we we got the metal guy. Like, he's got another student, and it was it was over from there. <laughs> Um, he, that guy, uh, his name is Terry Sirik. He, uh, 
did recordings with like Trans-Siberian Orchestra and put out a few like solo albums and it was like a Berkeley grad. The dude's insane. Like you can find videos of him on YouTube from the 80s with like a pink pink and blue flying V, <laughs> big hair, just wiping the floor with it. And that was like my, well, I, I guess like my idea from then on, like this is what guitar playing is like. I have to learn everything about this. <laughs> Awesome, man. That guy that sounds like a cool teacher. Um, and it's interesting that you become a big Metallica head through Napster. <laughs> <laughs> but, Funny how that works out, eh, Metallica? Allegedly. Um, so, all right, so you're playing guitar. That's something I wanted to get into a little bit with just, you know, the nature of some of the music you've recorded over the years is your um, uh your level of uh, education in terms of music. Now, did, now you, you obviously took lessons from somebody who was pretty accomplished uh, uh, like that. Now, did you did you go on to go to, like, a music school? Did you continue um, with other teachers? Yeah. Um, so I worked at that uh, guitar studio all through high school, just like the guy behind the desk doing string changes and scheduling. So I was, like, always around it and trying to, like, pick up little tricks and tips from all the different teachers while also taking uh, lessons. And then when I graduated high school and I was looking at college, I was talking to some of the teachers, like, should I try an audition for like a music school? Should I, is it even worth looking into? And um, a lot of the, the uh, people working there were like, do you want to play jazz and like play blues standards in clubs like every night of the week or teach or like teach music at an elementary school and i said absolutely not they were like don't go to music school <laughs> just learn it on your own like there, there's plenty to learn like you'll pick it up if you just want to play metal um you have a better chance of making a living not going to music school in that way so i was like yeah i'll just go for liberal arts that sounds easy enough and i'll play in bands on the side cool uh so during college like it was just that, like no guitar lessons, um, go to school during the day, and then just either practice or try and start bands at night. Okay, and, and before we get too far ahead, something I always ask or try to always ask our guitarists and our instrumentalists, tell us about the very first guitar you got. Was, was, it, oh, like, was it hot? Was it a hot rod or was it like <laughs> a, was it a starter? It, oh, it was absolutely a starter. I, I still have it. It's it was a uh, a like candy red uh, stag um, S T A G G. If you're familiar, if anyone's familiar with that brand, Stratocaster knockoff. Um, it probably cost two hundred bucks, if that. And I played that thing like you know I was like Dave Mustaine or like playing death metal like single coil pickup super twangy thin out of a terrible little like five watt amp but man it was like the shit in high school <laughs> awesome um uh and, and well on that note what are you working with uh now because i imagine over the years your your gear has evolved like what what's what are what are uh I don't know if you have one or two guitars that you use or maybe like a top three if you have an arsenal like tell us a little bit about what you've been into lately Oh yeah, that's uh, I, I've definitely like spent way too much time and money on that stuff. Like um, my main squeeze right now is a uh, Jackson Warrior Seven, mm. uh, so a seven string, the Dave Davidson model, 
Um, huh. Nice guitar. A little step up from the stack, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. That that one, like it, it's it sounds awesome, which you know is always good. But man, it just looks mean. <laughs> that it, that shape, the warrior shape, is just so stupid mean. Just uh, just aggressive all around. And then my other my other main guitars, um, which are like the total opposite. It's a uh, little bit of like a more boutique brand called Strandberg. Um, they're out uh, of Sweden, yes. like no headstock, pure ergonomics. It's like the tiniest little guitar. It, it, I'm looking at it right now. It's like half the size of the Warrior. Um, but I, I uh, found out about them through uh, Scale the Summit. Chris, Chris Letchford, their guitarist, had like a signature through uh, through them for a long time. And, yeah, uh, uh, they. Ola Strandberg kind of changed the landscape for guitars, mm-hmm. like bringing back that headless, like, yep, like yep. crazy. Uh, I think Toast Nabasi played one. Um, yeah, Nisha Mansour for a minute had had, had a uh, Strandberg. Yeah, and then everyone was just chopping their fucking heads off. And, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just picked up a, a Kiesel Vader, and it's you know it's the, it's all in the same family, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, like when when I found out about Strandberg, it was like them or Kiesel. Those yeah. were your only options uh, for headless guitars. Mm-hmm. And that was also like the same time I got into seven-string guitars. And I was uh, living in a tiny apartment, had like no room. So all my stuff was just kind of sur- like my bed backed up to my desk, which backed up to like both walls and I had no space. So when I was looking at this thing, it's like, all right, I can play this guitar in any position. It's the tiniest thing I've ever seen. Like, this is the perfect guitar for apartment living. It's like a shreddy little, like, recording toy. You know, it's yep. like less, less like a stage guitar and more like that. Yeah. And, and like, uh, I've, I've had issues with, like, Carpal Tunnel from playing for a long time. And one of the big selling points on it, not to make this a Strandberg commercial, but they're uh they they like cut and contour the back of the neck so it forces your hand in certain positions up and down the neck and um when i first started playing it it like kind of retrained my hand how to work and so wait, like the, that, the back of the neck isn't just like a straight like c shape or, or or like a flat c or anything like that it's actually different as you go up it yeah yeah it's cut kind of like a trapezoid so if you're down by like the first fret, um, it's like really thick and chunky. Like you can kind of grip it almost like a baseball bat. But if then you're up around like the twelfth fret, it forces your thumb kind of towards the bot, like middle bottom behind the neck, and so that way your uh, fingers can reach like the sixth and seventh strings really easily. Interesting. Oh shit. And then what's yeah. really cool? That, well, then what's the what's the experience like when you go from playing that back to a more conventionally necked guitar? Does it feel awkward, or do you feel like you've got some better endurance or better dexterity? Oh, it, it, there's definitely a, a weird feel between them. Um, that's why now, like I, I mostly play the Warrior uh, because, like, if I like, it, say touring comes back or something like that, and I want to uh, get a backup guitar, you know string pops or something like that uh i'm not bringing a strandberg on tour again i I did that once and the whole time like i was freaking out i was like oh if someone walks off with it this thing's tiny you could disappear in a minute yeah um i have to you have to kind of stay used to that normal kind of c-cut shape of a neck Mm -hmm. yeah 
keep it in rotation. I got to put you on spot uh, real quick for a guitar thing. So, sure. um, so I'm looking at your Metallum, and I see you playing a Randy Rhodes V Jackson. I'm not sure what model, but it's oh yeah. Um, but then I also happened to look up Terry Sirik, your old guitar teacher, and he also is playing a Randy Rhodes V. Uh, yep. Did Did you jock that from him? Did you yep. learn? Nice. Oh, shamelessly. <laughs> Excellent. It, that's not it's not his guitar, but um, he brought it like to lessons one week. He was like, "Oh yeah, like my other." He he normally played like a Strat, and he was like, "Yeah, like it's getting work done to it." So I brought I brought the hot, the hot rod out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've never seen one of these. Like I have to have one," and like that became a goal right. from like. When I was 16, I was like, I have to have a flying V. Dude, something so cool about pointy shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the best. Oh, yeah. And now you have that David Davidson extra pointed. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's just like double up the points. Hell yeah. Yes. And uh, for the listeners, shout out to Dave Davidson. For the listeners, you can go back. We had, we did a, a whole episode with Dave uh, a while back. Um, talked about talked about a lot of his stuff. Uh, but, um, all right, so now... Going back a little bit, we talked about gear, but um, you're you're working at the, at this guitar uh, um, school, guitar studio through high school. When do you hook up with the band Dystrophy? Are you a founding member? Do you do you start that band with some local friend? What's the story with Dystrophy? Yeah, uh, so Dystrophy, we all met um, while we were at Rutgers, and I I didn't know any of them prior to starting. Uh, they were like internal student message boards and stuff like that uh, similar to like Craigslist and I think at the time Facebook might have still been closed off and like it was really easy to find people just like within your campus or within your school so I had made a bunch of posts like hey I'm just looking for people to play with want to start a band this is what I have this is what I do and um, a guy like, like a mutual friend uh, who worked at one of the campus radio stations saw someone else, Pete Lloyd, the other guitarist in Dystrophy, posting the same kind of stuff. He's like, hey, you guys should talk. And like, that was it. He's like, Pete, meet Pete. And then just like walked away. And so I met, uh, I forget who messaged who first, but it was like, hey, let's meet up and like jam, you know, see, see what happens. I'm 18. I have no idea how this stuff is supposed to work. Uh, he's a few years older than me. I think he was a senior. And he's like, yeah, I have an off-campus house. Like, I have all these amps and stuff like that. Just come over. So uh, I show up at his house one day. Never met the guy. Never met any of his roommates. I walk inside, and his roommate's like, you want a beer? Pete's upstairs. I'm like, what? What is happening? I've been at college for, like, a week. <laughs> and walk upstairs and he's like yeah so i have like i think it was two songs mostly written um that like the first two songs we ever recorded and we just spent the night like jamming on him he taught me the riffs and he's like yeah um you're the best person i've met so far so like you want to make a band it's like uh all right (laughs) that that was easy and he knew uh a drummer from his old band um, and I think we found our first bassist on Craigslist or something like that. But he happened to like be from the same town that I grew up in, and we knew mutual people. So we're like, okay, yeah, you're fine. 
and then Bueno, um, our singer, uh, he was also at Rutgers, and he was in this band, Semper Tyrannus, that was, like, awesome Opeth worship back when, like, I think Blackwater Park just came out, so no one really knew Opeth. Or, like, if you knew Opeth, like, you, you were a real deal kind of metal dude. <laughs> I, I know him. I know him back then. <laughs> <laughs> and we heard, we were listening to, like, just checking out local bands, we heard Semper Tyrannus, and we were like, his voice is insane. Like, we have to get him. Like, he's, he goes to school here. Let, let's see if he, he'll uh, want to hang out. And it was just, like, bothering him for a few months. He was like, fine, I'll come, I'll come try out, whatever. And he just stuck around. And that was, like, the first iteration of dystrophy. Okay, man. And you mentioned Pete Lloyd. I just wanted to mention that uh, he went on to form uh, with some with some other people the band Replicant. Yes, based yeah. out of New Jersey, who's uh, put out a few releases over the last few years. I actually, I, I was during the research uh, when, when I when I realized that I said I said why haven't I, I reached out to him too? Um, so shout, shout out to Replicant, great band. Uh, I enjoyed seeing them live several times before the uh, pandemic shut shit down, and I enjoy I enjoy their music. Um, and interesting that you guys both kind of started out uh, in the death metal scene with Dystrophy together um especially when i i you know i kind of revisited dystrophy today the, oh, no well the little <laughs> the little surprise i i actually i'm holding uh my co-host can verify i have the new brunswick death metal mm-hmm. alliance volume one ah. cassette <laughs> oh look at that uh, verified yeah, yeah ride the fury records um yep. ride the fury fuck the world uh yep. I, yeah i i'm i'm looking at it right now shout out to terrell uh granham of thetis and um of two of my bands uh reeking aura and buckshot facelift and of friendship he yeah end of friendship of friend of the show he he uh gave me um uh this tape back around 2012 or 13 when it was brand new still so i always kind of had that in the in the back of my head and uh, but the band even goes before that you guys put out your first two eps in 2008 you had a demo um, yep. And then you eventually, uh, the, you had the split tape, we should say, with Dethroned Emperor from New Jersey, which was the New Brunswick Death Metal Alliance. And then the Wretched Host LP on Self-Made God Records in 2015. Yep, yep. And Damn, you guys are good. Well, it's I'm, I'm good. Yeah, Will's good. Yeah, don't give good. them the credit. It's my notebook. We're okay. I know a computer. Will's yeah, good. Yeah, give Metallum the credit for real. I mean, I, well, I, but um, it doesn't matter. Uh, all, I'm, all I'm getting at is that's on some of that stuff, especially the Wretched Host uh, LP is on Bandcamp still. If people want to check it out, and you know, you say you you were only eighteen, uh, you know, you'd never been in a band. It's really interesting to go back and check out that stuff because there really is a progression in dystrophy if you check out the earlier material compared to that Wretched Host LP where you ended up. Oh yeah, like this uh, um, the first uh, I'd say maybe half of dystrophy's life. I describe us as a band that didn't know what it wanted to do. Like, that happens, yeah. Yeah, like when Pete and I started, like we were both like as into death metal as we were power metal. So we we dropped like a five song demo, um, and it was like this weird, weird mix of power metal and death metal, super basic stuff. Um, and at the, but at the time, like we were super hype on it, and as we kept writing and progressing, it was like, nah, maybe maybe we drop the singing, maybe we drop the harmonies, 
maybe we like go faster and it was it was a lot of it was limited to what we could do as well like uh that was back in like 2007 2008 um none of us had recording gear none of us had like good like interfaces amps all that stuff we didn't know what we were doing and it was uh very diy we had a lot of diy punk friends so they were like yeah here you can borrow an interface from him you can borrow a speaker from her you can use my basement to record it so that first half was like all learning process um and then right about i'd say that cassette the new brunswick death metal alliance was where it switched and pete lloyd discovered gorguts and it that was like the single moment that changed the band uh we got into like gorguts and martyr at the same time and like pete was like i just want to make dissonant death metal and i was like i love thrash death like i just want to be in a thrash death band um and from there like it started going like really into dissonant death metal and uh i'd say like we ended like where it split was like me deciding i want to do thrash death and like play really technical death metal and pete was like uh-uh i'm going 100 percent in on like gore guts and dis- dissonant avant-garde death metal which is interesting when you look at Hath, which is your band that you're very active in today, and Replicant. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Um, both both great uh, uh, projects, bands, but um, uh, you can see that that difference of stylings. That's interesting. Um, and now the last recording, uh, Wretched Host LP on Self Made God Records by Dystrophy is 2015. But I noticed that your first release. Uh, where you're with Ophidius is the Throat of the World EP in 2013. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Ophidius and the origins of... uh, Was that band around before you joined? No, so um, that was started because I had met a few guys, well, I guess the guys in half uh, and our friend Nick Mater on bass. Um, I had met them through Frank's uh, now fiancé. Um, she and I were friends. She was like, Hey, I know these guys, like they play in tech death bands. And we had all kind of expressed to her like, Oh, we want to do something instrumental, like a little different. And she was like, let me play matchmaker and (laughs) set us all up. And so we're like, Oh yeah. Like they had a bunch of riffs floating around. I had a bunch of riffs and we met up, um, started throwing things together. And AJ, our drummer at that time, was like really starting to get into recording and learning how to like produce and engineer albums so he's like let me try and figure this out and that's what became uh throat of the world so that was like i don't know maybe what was that a year or two before uh wretched host something like that yeah it says (laughs) says, says 2013 yeah that sounds right okay and um yeah, and just for the listeners, that's something people might want to check out. Or um, Ophidius, it's uh, instrumental death metal. I don't believe there's ever been vocals involved, right? Nope. Yeah, we. Um, it, it's kind of like dubbed uh, Elder Scrolls death metal, if you're familiar with that game. Both EPs are loosely based around uh, the video game Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Because we wrote these songs, and we were like, well, there's no vocals. 
what are we going to name it after? And we had, didn't really have any plans on like releasing physical pressings or playing shows. Uh, so we're like, well, we're going to give it away anyway. Like We don't really care. Let's just name it after video game stuff. Because we were all playing it at the time. We were like, yeah, that's funny. And then like it kind of took on a life of its own. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that I I don't play a lot of uh, uh, video games, but I, to be honest, a lot of um, my friends do. A lot of my uh, uh, bandmates and different bands of mine do. Um, uh, so Elder Scrolls, I've heard of, and I was going to ask you a little bit about that because I read that Dark Souls played some role in influencing <laughs> Half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank is a huge. Well, we're all big Dark Souls fans, but Frank is like also super into Dungeons and Dragons and like any kind of high fantasy um so i I wouldn't say the our music is dark souls themed but there are definitely like some lyrical influences uh that that give a nod to to dark souls yeah i mean it's it's pretty dark content i mean i've uh i've watched a few let's plays of some stuff and um i mean i i'm I haven't played, but I'm familiar with. I mean, once you hang out with anyone who likes games, they're going to bring one of the Souls games into it. Oh, yeah. People who love Souls games can't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Myself included. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't have an opinion because, like I said, I haven't played it. But, uh, man, it is everywhere. So it's got to be fantastic. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's, here's something. Because with Ophidius listening to it, it had a very uh, cinematic kind of feel to it um mm-hmm. uh, you know especially being an instrumental band to begin with and we recently had um alex haddad of desiderium and archaic on the program and he talked a little bit, a bit with us about this idea of cinematic metal um mm-hmm. and how it, I, I feel like it's it's kind of like a, a new um uh, a new branch of death metal maybe that's that's or a new branch of extreme metal that's taken form a lot in the last several years um, where maybe it takes influence, like we say, from video games and uh, from from the idea of like a cinematic, almost like a, a movie score uh, influence rather than your conventional verse chorus type of metal song, like you know, like you get in thrash or whatever. Uh, is 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 that idea of a cinematic score? Um, uh, is that something that you guys would claim as an influence in Ophidius or something you go for? Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Um... Part of it, I'd say, is like utility. You know, playing tech death for five, six minutes straight, your hand wants to fall off. So if there was ever like, oh, we just want like a chug riff to let ourselves catch our breath. It's like, well, we need to fill in that space. So that's like at the most basic level. And then once like we came up with the idea of like, oh, well, we're just going to name it after a video game, then that kind of leans into it as well. It's like, well if it's going to be a video game, especially like a big epic kind of video game. Yeah. Yeah. Let's like treat it like a score, like a video game score or a movie score. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think it's some, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, like tech death and how nowadays, you know, that used to be, there was a time where you would say tech death and everyone would think of necrophagist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and nowadays it's kind of going on to this, uh, it, it, like even tech death itself has spawned its own subgenres. So I think that speaks to, we, we, you know, we like to say the cinematic, um, metal genre. 
And you mentioned that um, uh, most of Ophidius is also Hath. I believe the only difference is uh, that your bass player of Hath, Greg Nottis, uh, if I got his name correctly, is not in Ophidius, right? Yep. Yep. So, you got it. so tell me a little bit about Hath. Is it like you guys are jamming with Ophidius, and then someone's like, "Let's do a band that's a little bit more um, straightforward," or, or like, what's what's the inspiration to start a new band? that does have vocals and is a little bit more traditional um, while still being very technical and, and shreddy. Yeah, uh, you almost like pretty much nailed it on the head. While we were in Ophidius, like, um, we, like we had played a handful of shows and the reality of writing songs above what we could play and like having to meet that constantly was i guess starting to wear on us and um, frank was like i just want to play something or i, I want to write music that i know i can play and i'll have fun playing it <laughs> like ophidius was always a workout uh, and like keeping everything really tight into a click it's like all right i have to practice five days a week to keep this up whereas half it's it's not simple simple music but absolutely by comparison it's like a walk in the park and uh, so he, so going back to like 2015, um, give you a little context. I had moved down to Washington DC for work for a few years and Ophidius was kind of on the back burner then. We were writing remotely. It's uh, when we were writing for our second EP. And um, so we weren't playing any shows and Frank came up with the idea of like, I want a more straightforward death metal band um, that focuses more on like droning and atmosphere. And he and AJ uh, wrote most of the high VP together. Like uh, I think really quickly, I feel like they said within like a month or two, they had most of the songs written. And um, then when they were getting ready to record, uh, Greg came into the picture. Um, he had been friends with AJ and Frank, for years and um he's also in another band with aj it's like a pop punk rock band called the american standard so like he's always been like in in the scene in the circles and all that and he's like yo if you need a bassist let me know and they're like yeah well we don't want to record bass so you're in and uh that's how the high vp came about like the three of them in aj's parents garage just recorded the whole thing and put it online and it just sat there <laughs> they they didn't do any promotion at all they were like yep here you go here's just something we made well i guess that maybe that's the inspiration it was remastered with and released with a, a bonus track this year right yep yeah so um the story behind that uh the high vp was out for like two or three years at least or something like that and um willow tip somehow it got in the hands of willow tip and they emailed the band email and they were like hey let's talk like i love the high vp let, let's talk and at that point no one was checking the band email <laughs> and jason at willow tip you know thankfully was patient enough with us and like sent a few follow-ups never got answered and eventually got to the point where he uh, just messaged the band's page on Facebook. It was like, yo, check your fucking email. I'm trying to talk to you. And <laughs> like, they're like, who, who the hell is this guy? And they click on his profile and it's like head of Willow Tip Records. And they're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> 
So um, that's how that happened. And then this year, uh, it was supposed to be kind of in prep for uh, this spring tour we were doing with Cognitive. Um, Willow Tip was like, hey, five-year anniversary. You guys never pressed or did merch for this. Would you want to do like a proper release? And we're like, uh, yeah, like the, the first EP wasn't even uh, mastered. It was just like whatever AJ mixed, they put it online. And so like, yeah, let's like get it mastered. Let's do the proper uh, release cycle and all that. And um, we had a bunch of songs that were written between Hive and Of Rotten Ruin that just didn't make the cut for the LP. And we're like, well, let's like finish one of those um whichever one fits the most and put it on there you know gotta spice it up and that was atropus okay all right and that's uh that's available on your band camp and like you said through willow tip records um and before we get into of rot and rune uh i, I just want to talk quickly about you well you, you did an interview with heavy new york recently and in that interview um uh you know i should re- i should shout them as a reference uh, you you explained you know so, kind of similar to what you said with Ophidius, um, uh, you know it was more about playing very hard to play music. You actually said that you would like uh, write really hard to play material, just uh, t- you know and like learn it just to play it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like Guitar Pro is a, a hell of a program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You uh, make you make your own. It's like the Mario Maker. That's for the video games out there, you know. Well, now yeah. my my because uh, you know I'm I'm a vocal. I don't play guitar, and I'm very low tech as it is. My take is that I guess so. That's something where you can create your guitar riffs on the computer on a program, and then you have to teach yourself how to play them. But you can make them absolutely ridiculous if you want to, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like if you look at the bands that are actually playing ridiculous material now, like the new Obscura stuff or uh, like the new Archspire stuff, you. You download any of their tabs, and like it, it, my my eyes just glaze over. I'm like, how how do they uh, play any of this? <laughs> like this is insane. Well, uh, okay, so so, and then with Hath, the idea is uh, a term you used is to make it not not so much riff salad, uh, yep. more about enjoyment. And um, when I listen to Hath, uh, when I listen to the Avrat and Rune LP. It, it, it's it's a little bit more towards my taste, a little bit more straightforward and brutal, though obviously very... Like like I was saying before, people used to just associate necrophagists with tech death. I think it was getting a little bit more back to that traditional tech death, where it has more of the brutal death metal influence in it still. Um, and and uh, uh, Hath does that, and, and also evokes a lot of atmosphere. Something I noticed is that you guys... Uh, did you tour, or was it a one-off show in support of Nile? So that was a one-off show. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna name drop uh, our boy Rob Wharton again. He, Daddy you know, he, this guy. Yeah, he, he's got you know his hands in in every pot, and he somehow um, heard that Nile coming through. There was potential for a local opener spot uh, on their Philly date. So we we're like, Yo, Rob, we have to get on that show, <laughs> and he worked his magic. Yeah, well, I, I just thought that was a great pairing uh, because what you guys do, obviously, it's a it's a different sound than Nile, but there's something about um, that that pairing of uh, of, of more brutal uh, influenced technical death metal with the atmosphere you bring to it that did evoke something of a Nile 
atmosphere to me um, uh, when I was listening to it today. And again, not to say, you know, obviously it's something completely different. Uh, Nile is its own entity. But there was something there that I thought, you know, would have paired very well um, that atmosphere you guys are trying to do. Is that when you set out to do the band, were you trying to evoke a certain atmosphere or, or did that come through like the production after you wrote the more straightforward material? Um, I think a bit of both. And uh, Frank's going to lose his shit a little bit when you said that. He fucking loves Nile. <laughs> like, like, that's his favorite band. Well, great, um, great band, you know. And, you know, that, that combination of, like, that dramatic atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, they definitely don't skimp out on their cinematic effects at all. Yeah. Well, uh, there's that very, word again, cinematic. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, really, they really brought that in the forefront. And, uh, shout yeah. out to Egypt. Yeah, shout out to Egypt. <laughs> fucking Nile, yeah, they, they nailed it. I mean, that, that's one thing that's wild about them. Like, you know, you could have a band like Dimmu Borgir where it is over-the-top cinematics. They've got set pieces. They've got the orchestra. They've got, you know, every bell and whistle. And then you see a band like Nile where, you know, it's four dudes on stage and they produce that, like, same feeling, that same wall of sound uh, where, you know, it's just heavy riffing, but you're like, I feel like I'm in Egypt right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like uh, getting back to what, what you asked, I think it's a bit of both. Um, we definitely try and pay attention to songwriting, like making sure the songs make sense and like they don't sound like riff salad or, you know, it, there's no like part that when you get to it, it's just like, huh, that was a weird riff. I don't know why they did that. And while like up and through when we're recording we're still making like little tweaks and edits and really like during recording is where we start adding drones and atmosphere for the first time Mm -hmm. um so it's like we're listening back to you know our first rough mix and we're like that part feels kind of empty like just a little it needs just a little something and so that's kind of where i guess that falls into the process Okay, and if I got it right, the Of Rot and Rune LP, you joined shortly before that, and and, um, it was written already, and you added lead work to that? Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, so I joined um, Frank and I, well, I guess all of us, we were out for Frank's birthday, and we all got really wasted, and I just, like badgered the hell out of frank i was like look if you ever add a second guitarist to half i have to be it you can't hire anyone else he was like yeah yeah well maybe i didn't know at the time they told me afterwards they had already decided that um and i just like kept bothering them they're like all right you want to be in the band i was like yes like okay well we have an album written it's going to come out in like I don't know, six months or something like that. Are you ready? Like, we need you to write leads. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, uh, they're like, all right, go write it. And I learned like most of the album, um, like getting it recording ready before they told me like, oh yeah, like the album's mostly recorded. We, we just need you to write leads and solos. I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So, So that's what I did for it. But, oh, okay. No, that's cool, man. And, um, on that note, then, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the status of new material? Have you been contributing to the writing? Um, uh, what, you know, what's the deal there? What what can people look forward to who are looking for new half? Yep. So half is a songwriting machine that I have 
never I had never expected pandemic has pandemic year has been good to us in that way where we are getting ready to start recording another album um, and going into I guess summertime we had like 20 to 25 like song skeletons we're like all right here's what we're working with we got to whittle it down we got to figure out something cohesive so i had a bunch of songs written in that uh that didn't pan out those will i don't know i'll shoot for lp3 but um we have i want to say nine songs ready to go and we're in that process of like tightening everything up figuring out those last little details and we're hoping to uh, start recording it in um early spring okay um uh now we know willow tip records can you tell us a little bit about uh production and and the um the studio you work with is is it a home studio or um no so aj does everything uh he he's done everything for hive for of rotten ruin and then for this upcoming one uh he's done everything except mastering it he uh i don't i don't know if he has a proper name for a studio actually <laughs> okay <laughs> but well, well that's why because i knew he was involved so that's why i asked yeah him, yeah like he, he records bands I'm, I'm just a bad friend and i don't know the name of the studio <laughs> it's uh, a, yeah it's uh it's aj viana productions right yep that's it okay uh yeah he he started building out this studio space maybe about a little over five years ago and um since then it's become like a pretty proper studio where we do all our recording mixing out of it um the live room is our practice room so when we have band practices uh we've done like playthrough videos they all look the same because they're all shot in that studio um so uh outside of mastering it which we we've been going to alan duches uh for he's i think based out of new york but like you look him up he's done everything under the sun too i think he's done like all the suffocation records yeah he, he's uh, i we have looked him up it's staggering what the amount of work he's done yeah a long, like I think the, he's out of upstate new york yeah a long yeah the, mm-hmm. the dude's a workhorse uh dystrophy he mastered i think both dystrophy albums i know he did at least wretched host but uh outside of uh mastering aj does everything okay right well it's good to get that final ear on the master anyway and i'm sure he hates isotope (laughs) (laughs) upload your mp3 to get your mastering yeah right free master (laughs) oh yeah yeah. what do you want to sound but seriously that is a that is an art so Shout out to Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, now you mentioned that you were supposed to do a tour with Cognitive. I guess that got canceled out because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, more or less, we're we're hoping it'll get rescheduled. But at least as of right now, I got no news on that. Unfortunately, yeah, everyone. I, I, I'm sure I, you know firsthand. Obviously, everyone's in the same uh, uh, boat right now in terms of that stuff. Not man, even you know. Slipknot's touring, and they wear masks all the time. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Hemorrhage from Spain not touring, and they got the surgical gear and everything. But, um, uh, all right, so, you know, but we, but you did, you did uh, mention that you're working on newer material, man, so hopefully you'll be able to get out there and promote that maybe uh, later in the year or next year. Who knows what's going to happen. Any, uh, 
any talk of doing like a live stream performance like some bands are doing now? Yeah. Um, so we, we've got some things in the works with that we're hoping to do. Uh, it's just a matter of like figuring it out. <laughs> like I'm sure most bands, you know, have, are in the same boat where it's like, okay, how do we do this? Where at least we have AJ, like he can figure out how to actually record it. Um, like record the audio, but as far as like figuring out a location, like a stage or lighting or something like that, like how do we do this ourselves is a little, little trickier. Um, we do like, we, we've been doing uh, Twitch streaming mm-hmm. kind of casually since May. Um, where like if I'm, I practice guitar on Twitch once a week. And it's just like a relaxed hangout. It's like, hey, you want to see me fuck up on guitar a bunch? Cool. Come hang out for an hour and a half. Uh, AJ does like drum streams every now and then. And then Frank plays Dark Souls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Streaming, playing video games is a legitimate promotion um, for your platform nowadays, man. Yeah, make sure to plug that at the end of the show, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, One of my friends got a chair because of it. He does what? it so much. You got a damn chair. Yeah, people people send generous things. It's nice. Maybe maybe I'll start playing video games. I could use a chair. <laughs> um, so you on the crossword puzzle. So yeah, I could do a crossword puzzle better than I could play Dark Souls. Dude, smash you, crossword puzzles, dude. Set. You'd be you would be amazed what like gets traction on there. Um, like so when we're setting up our Twitch streams, you gotta like uh, put in a bunch of like tag words and stuff like that. So it's like oh musician metal music da 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 if people are looking for certain categories yeah. or certain topics whenever i type in the one for metal music metal works is the first one that comes up and like the amount of people who are watching like someone make forks or like make a sword Hell yeah, or something dude. like that <laughs> yeah forge and fire man that's that's what's up right like or like <laughs> someone's just like i'm gonna read a book into camera into a camera uh. Like you, you see, yeah. like, oh, there's, like there's my dad two... never did. <laughs> yeah, now you can stream somebody else doing it from around the world. It, yeah, it's interesting, man. The type of stuff you're right, man. That that'll get traction, man. I'm, I gotta I gotta try to shoot a couple ideas out there myself one That's day. We'll see what, see what sticks. Um, but uh, all right, so uh, you know, Pete, we talked about Hath. We talked a little bit about what we could expect from Hath. Um, I'm glad we got the dystrophy talk in there for my old school people. Uh, I still recommend that. And the um, uh, the Ophidius, also the uh, the the Throat of the World EP. Um, and and there's there, well, I'm sorry. What was the other EP you guys put out? Uh, the <laughs> the Way of the Voice. The Way of the, okay. The Way of the Voice. Yeah. It, it's uh, an instrumental album about voices. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good though, man. The, the the instruments have their own voice, right? If we get uh, philosophical about it. <laughs> Um, it's all good. Yeah, it's it's some real highbrow tech death. <laughs> uh, that, well, that's good. You don't want the lowbrow tech death. That's my neck of the woods. That's um, like that's like uh, uh, but what I always say is you don't need eyes to see. You need a vision. Whoa! It's like <laughs> that's that's. Is that a, did, did you get a fortune cookie today? Is that I what did, that is? Yeah, I said it's, it's at the bottom of this beer. I can see. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so Pete. Um, are there any, is there anything I missed now? Is are there any other projects or any other anything else that you're working on that you want to plug? That I want to plug. Uh, <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> uh, no, like Hath is 
uh, taken up like a good chunk of my time now. Of, yeah, yeah. Again, get getting into that like pre-recording cycle. Um, if you ever want to beat yourself up really easily, try and uh, really like film and record yourself at home, and then listen back to it. Like you, you could be the best person, best guitar player in the world, and if you are playing at home, you're playing on Twitch. You suck. <laughs> and like so, if I'm not you know work at work or something like that it's like all right i have to get these songs tight i gotta get better so yeah but really 2020 and for probably most of 2021 it's just grinding on uh these new songs i hear you man and um uh you know just for the listeners like we said the of rot and ruin lp came out in 2019 uh the hive ep was just re-released remastered with a bonus track uh on willow tip records and pete like we always do uh, we're going to ask you if you could recommend one older album and one newer album by any artists you enjoy. doesn't have to be metal. could be metal. Uh, just two, two uh, albums to recommend to us and our listeners. Yeah, dude. So the old album is one of my favorite bands, uh, Unexpects, um, Fables of the Sleepless Empire. If you don't know Unexpect, uh, they're from Montreal. They don't exist anymore, unfortunately. I, I stumbled in on them. Um, they were opening for, I think, Enslaved at BB King's and uh, got there early. And there's like seven people on stage, all dressed like pirates or something like <laughs> that. And the dude playing bass had uh, an eight or nine string bass. Like the thing was gigantic. And they sound like. P.T. Barnum Circus on a PCP Nightmare. Like, wow. it's the, the coolest prog metal <laughs> I've ever heard. I haven't heard that uh, name in so long, man. Yeah. yeah. A very avant-garde prog. Uh, te- technical as all hell. Um, it, circus is fun. It's a fun circus. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a shtick, and they do it so well. Well, they did it so well. I was gutted when they finally announced like oh yeah we're done we're we're splitting Uh, but but yeah fables of the sleepless empire for uh the old album it took that Um, montreal technical to another yeah uh, strange yeah different different well it's different unexpected levels unexpected may i please (laughs) yeah like i I don't even know what to compare them to like it's just weird avant-garde unique metal yeah it's break sure. yeah you're breaking in that elephant okay you're trying to get him to stand on that little pedestal <laughs> yeah to think of the circus on pcp um, all right it's circus soleil with with 10 strings yeah i've only yeah. done one of those and it's not uh it has nothing to do with peanuts so i i don't know anyway uh yeah what's your newer one what have you been listening <laughs> to though what's that new boy so that new boy um it came out last year it's a, it's an ep but uh, they're probably coming out with something soon. It's uh, Kardashev's The Bearing of Shadows. Uh, they like just signed like last week, I think, to Metal Blade. Um, so they were like kind of a, I, I don't know, I, like a smaller band. Like they had done some stuff, but The Bearing of Shadows came out last year. Uh, it's like they call it post deathcore, which I don't really get. It kind of reminds me of Russian Circles with wall of sound vocals huh. like uh okay. there yeah there's like 
some clean singing, but then it goes into like these huge, just black metal roars. You know, like it's just constantly back and forth. Like, where the hell is this coming from? Like, it's just a huge wall of sound noise. That's a K A R D A S H E V, Kardashev. Yep. The bearing of shadows. All right, interesting. I gotta look out for the uh, for the both both those sound very um, strange, but but in a good yeah. way. in a good way in a good way. Uh, all right, so um, Pete Brown from Hath Ophidius, formerly of Dystrophy, uh, as we mentioned, Hath um, the EP and the LP available on Willow Tip Records. Thank you for your time, man. It was great talking to you and getting a little insight. Um, I asked you if there was anything we failed to plug or promote. Is there anything that that we failed to ask you? Anything that you just wanted to um, add towards the end here? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, half. We, we play death metal. <laughs> if you like <laughs> death metal, hopefully you like us. We, um, uh, we're on all the streaming platforms like most bands nowadays. We stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash halfband. Most days of the week, we're either playing music or video games. So, if you need another streamer to help keep you sane while you're stuck at home, by all means, come hang with us. And otherwise, uh, hopefully, new album in this year, 2021. Awesome. And uh, um, uh, any final uh, parting words to fans of your music or listeners of our show? Uh, thanks for having me, man. This is a lot of fun. And uh, fan. Friends and fans of the show, wash your hands, please. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been watching. I hope you guys were washing your hands even before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, please. I want to play a fucking show. I'm tired of being at home. Uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it, man. Let's turn the page. Wash our hands. <laughs> yeah. Turn the page and wash our hands. All right, man. Words, uh, wise, wise, hygienic words mm-hmm. of wisdom mm-hmm. from Pete Brown of Hath. Uh, salute to you, sir. Thank you for your time. It was a lot of fun on our end. And um, shout out to all your bandmates. We wish you guys the best going forward, man. And we'll be in touch uh, in the next few weeks as this episode goes out. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Awesome. Have a good night, Pete. It was great talking to you, brother. Likewise. Have a good one, dudes. Take care, man. man. Okay, thank you to our guest tonight, Pete Brown, guitarist of the band Hath, uh, also Ophidius. It was great to talk to him and get some insight there. Nice guy. Like I like New Jersey. Yeah, I think we'd get along. You know, Long Island and New Jersey have a lot. It's, uh, you know, surrounding a piece of shit called Manhattan. Oh, yeah. shots for, shout to Manhattan. Yeah, yes. like we're uh, close hey. to geography, but hey. also close in appreciation of riffs. And, uh, you know, I like Imperial Triumphant, so that was a little rude, but you know I'm joking. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, um, New York City... Nice place to visit, uh, allegedly. Uh, but I, I'm I'm at home out here on Long Island. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Uh, and I've always felt like Long Island and New Jersey have some similarities. There's kind of like a Twilight Zone, evil twin thing going on there. Not sure which one is the evil one. Yeah. Um, it's like we don't turn right, they don't turn left. 
they they got North Jersey and South Jersey. We got Nassau and Suffolk. It's it's a little little weird thing going on. You know, it, it, it happens. Um, but I'm not originally. Uh, well, I I was born and raised Long Island. Never left the United States. My genetic disposition originally from the country of Poland via my ancient ancestors. Amazing. Justin, by any chance, is there something you have to contribute to this conversation that comes via Poland and is perhaps ancient? Why, yes, Will. So I, uh, I'm going to bring in, hey, check it out, my recommendation. Hi. Bing bong. Um, nice. I'm so glad you mentioned Poland, Will. Uh, maybe you know these people. Uh, this little band called Betrayer. Oh, dobry. That sounds good. Uh, so, uh, Betrayer, their 1994 record, Calamity, I'm going to recommend to y'all today. Um, put out, did I say 1994? Here it is again. Uh, Morbid Noise Productions. Nice. You might know it. Uh, really uh, tight fucking record. Uh, not too fast, not too tech. Uh, old school, brutal, Polish, death thrash, we're going to say. Uh think a little morbid angel a little vader i heard because my frame of reference is is, is a lot of early 2000s uh early behemoth in, um huh. a lot of uh influence that probably behemoth took to become that band um with uh the the anthemic quality of of betrayer um a lot of big sounding songwriting i feel like uh mixed in with with just what did I say before? Not too fast, uh, not too technical death metal. Um, really uh, fun, interesting rhythms, uh, super melodic leads peppered throughout. Vocals are really aggressive and raw, but you have this like big stage feel to it. Um, I kept going back and forth while I was listening to it of, of am I in a small club in, in Florida or I, am I at Walken uh, at like maybe one o'clock in the afternoon? Huh. Um, really, really cool uh, band that that maybe had uh, uh, too short-lived a, a career. So this I, this is their first record after a couple of demos, and I know they put out a few more later in the in the twenty teens. But I haven't really delved into that. Um, educated guess, not gonna like it, but really, really into this nineteen ninety four Betrayer record. Um, and again, I want to say this Behemoth thing. I, I I kept going back to like. When I was listening to like Thelma Six, that that uh, this is kind of a, the yeah. When they started in, introducing more death metal and yeah. drifted from their black metal thing, I hear this in that. So I I do understand what you're saying. And you know what? Uh, if you get some hate for that comment, that's fine. Because yeah, cool. why have, not? You're on the internet. You have my email. You're putting yourself out there. But uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, I just want to say for fans of uh, Morbid Angel, for Vader, uh, I think the bass player actually left this band uh, briefly. Uh, the bass player, and he did vocals on this record. I think he left briefly to join Vader uh, to play bass um, in 92, 93. Uh, came back to do this record in 94, um, which, suck it, you didn't do it, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, very, very solid band. Uh, check it out if you like that. Show.
Tom, can you plug this band without implying that you're not interested in their later albums or comparing <laughs> them to Code Orange? Well, what I can say is that I'm I'm interested in this band's future albums. <laughs> here we go. Um, Crisis Act. Tom's the star child. Did you, you? So you guys listened to this before I sat down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they sound they sound young. They got a lot of energy. Well, okay. So did you guys look at the lineup by any chance? No. Missed it. Okay. Yeah, here's the gotcha moment. Here's the gotcha. Here we I go. Didn't look at the metallum. What is it, Tom? Okay, here it is. Put, we put got Tom Anders in it, right? <laughs> Tom Anders. Actually, big, you're in this band. Big, I, I did it. <laughs> you did this. That's my new this project. This is your project. I didn't even. I'm, you I'm should. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So right now we have. Dave and Joe Haley from Psychroptic. Yeah. Um, oh! We have Matt Young, King Parrot on vocals. Ooh. Very Australia. And Australia to round it is. off, we, we, we go back to the States with Brett Bamberger from Revocation on bass. Tom. I what? know Brett. I Tom, actually, now that you mentioned East it. East of the no, wall, right? Now that you mentioned it, I did look. I, I saw the lineup on the little YouTube file uh, this afternoon, and I saw that Brett was in this band. Didn't realize it was a bunch of Australian gentlemen in the band with him. Uh, Brett is good people. Brett is a great individual, wonderful human being. Um, I, 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 you know, artificial brain toward opening for Revo. I've been around Revo here and there through the years. Uh, Brett's always been cool people. Psyched to um, uh, to hear his new project. What's so cool about this is that Joe Haley, Dave Haley, known for playing Psychroptic, they're obviously the backbone of this band, but they've taken a totally different route to what they're writing here. Joe Haley playing riffs that are only two bars long instead of these massive, um, the, these mini symphonies that he yeah. likes to put on. Um, it's, it, it is almost crust-punk adjacent with blast beats, and this, the thing just fucking drives. It's heavy as fuck. It's not too technical, but I, I think a guy like Joe Haley needs to get technical every now and then, so there is a little flair in there. You know, it's a little fun, you know, uh, like, like, a, uh, like a guitar fill he'll throw in every now and then. Because it's not a riff. He'll just, you know, do his little, little bit, you know, little hybrid picking, whatever he does. But either way, this is a great package. And it's very refreshing compared to uh, any one of these bands in their own rights. Because every single member here, uh, they're all in good bands. And they're creating something that's totally different from each of those. Matt Young from King Parrot, the band I absolutely love. He's sticking more to the low end. He's not screeching so much, but he still has that energy that makes King Parrot so cool. So he's bringing that doing a different style of performance, just screaming his fucking head off. Um, so this is one of those things that, yeah, it's very stripped down, and they nailed it. They nailed the stripped down, just go fast, heavy. It's a 10-minute EP, album, I don't even know. I fucking love it. So Crisis Act, one word, check it out. What, what I like is uh, a lot of more like metal musicians or technical musicians, when they decide to get together and do their like little like side grind project, a lot of the times it always just has like it's like it's almost like this mentality of like yeah grind is just supposed to be generic and stupid you know what i mean like a lot of right. a lot of grindcore side projects of more established metal musicians it's just a stupid jerk off grind project yeah, that sounds gimmicky. like a yeah. it, it's kind of like sounds like ex, like extreme noise terror paint by numbers you know right. what i mean <laughs> this has a lot of personality it has a lot of uh uh, in the writing, there's a lot of like kind of unique signature um, uh, feeling to it. Mm. Uh, there's, like you said, little flourishes of lead guitar and of, I don't know if you want to say technicality, but just uh, interesting guitar work rather than relying on your kind of grindcore, you know, three chord tropes 
that uh, Napalm Death has, has uh, you know... They, they they absolutely subvert that expectation yeah, by it's, putting it's, the grind label on it. It's yeah. still grind, but it's original sound. Yeah, yeah which which I feel like, um, you don't, you know, unfortunately, I think you see a lot of people uh, not, not taking it there. A lot of people, I think, their idea of grindcore is that it doesn't have to be original or something like that. I don't know. But these guys got it right, so I appreciate that. Yeah, well, like an Australian, like super, like dream super group, yeah. uh, for for myself, you know, the the brothers from Psychroptic and the singer of King Kai, like to piggyback off what you're saying, Will is like, and and you know to to mention how technical Psychroptic is, uh, the Haley's aren't like dumbing down what they're doing, they're they're just like pivoting and making like a, a grind project sound as interesting as they would, you know. Uh, as they would put any of their their artistic flair into any project that they would be in, right. I'm very fucking excited about this man. Hell it's yeah! Really cool. Check it out, everyone. Crisis Act, their 10 minute release. Turn it off. Victoria, British Columbia, up in the big old country of Canada there, up north. Uh, I want to talk about Altered Dead, a two-man project with a really cool old-school logo uh, that I enjoy. Um, And what I enjoy even more than the logo is their new album, Returned to Life, uh, which came out just this month in January 2021 on Memento Mori Records, a great uh, label that's put out a lot of cool stuff over the years. And um, this is excellent. This is a uh, 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 bar ab- ab- above um, uh, a lot of other stuff that comes out. Now, I hesitate to use the term old school death metal because this isn't that generic kind of uh, rehashing a lot of tropes from um, 20, 25 years ago type of stuff. When I say old school, I really feel that this has a certain spirit uh, and mentality that, and it captures especially a sound. Listen to those tones. Listen okay, to the guitar dude. tones. Yeah, man. you mentioned that logo before, and it's it's like uh, if the autopsy logo did it, some fucking. Yeah, these guys, you know, the, the, when you use the term old school with these guys, it really engenders what they're about. It's not part of a, a, a wave of bands. They're not part of a fad, uh, the, the OSDM hashtag or whatever. This is... Uh, I was I debated using the metal of death term, which I haven't done in a while. The only reason I would hesitate is because this is very raw, thrash, with a little bit of punk hardcore somewhere in there. Um, it's just got a lot of energy, I guess you could say, and a lot of raw punk edge to it, while still being thoroughly death metal. Uh, it's absolutely death metal in the vein of those classic bands from the late 80s that we love that were still coming out of the thrash metal scene and making death metal its own thing. And something really cool about this is that it's not sterile, it's not dry and super quantized, but when these guys hit a groove, man, do they lock on. 
Uh, when these guys hit more of a down-tempo riff, sometimes they'll do a more slow, drawn-out guitar groove, and they'll blast over it and experiment with different beats over it, and man, do they lock on precisely. Um, it really is something uh, catchy when these guys do that. Uh, they have more of your D-beat-driven parts. That's why I guess I say the thrash and punk raw influences. There's a lot of D-beats, a lot of skanks, that type of thing. But you never lose sight of the fact that this is death metal. Um, I wouldn't refer to this as crossover or anything like that. It's just classic uh, death metal in the, the tradition. Uh, these guys know how to skank, and they know how to blast, and they know how to uh, 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 pick it up. But when they decide to groove, when they decide to turn it down for a minute... They really get down to business, and they let that um, monster guitar tone shine. In this age, where a lot of people are experimenting with tones, people are bringing back the HM2 pedals, people are trying to get that caveman sludgy guitar tone, this is a guitar tone to be reckoned with on this album. So this is actually their second full length. I'll go back and check out the the first one, self-titled one from a few years ago, but highly recommended. You can peep it on Bandcamp, Memento Mori Records. Uh, this is Altered Dead with their brand new uh, spanking album, Return to Life, uh, January 2021. Highly recommended. Uh, you know the Canadians don't fuck around when it comes to their death metal. What a soupy mix, man. I love this. Yep. Okay, so yeah, Altered Dead uh, from up there in Canada, man. Shout out to them. Uh, Canada, a wealth of wonderful death metal. This is just another uh, beautiful recording coming out of our great friends up north. Shout out um, to hockey. But our fr- uh, we also got great friends uh, right across the way there in New Jersey, one of whom is Pete Brown, guitarist of Path uh, and Ophidius. We uh, thank him again for his time this uh, evening. We had a great time speaking with him, getting a little more insight. Uh, behind Hath, and we will be watching for that new material they're working on. Their latest LP of Rotten Rune, available, of course, on Willow Tip Records, as is their first EP, Hive, which was remastered and re-released this year with a bonus track. So you can always check that out, and you can always revisit the uh, material by Ophidius and Dystrophy on Bandcamp, which is highly recommended. The Wretched Post LP by Dystrophy, highly recommended for fans of the band Replicant. You might um, not have realized that Peter Lloyd from Replicant was also in Dystrophy with uh, tonight's guest, Pete Brown. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming out of New Jersey. Um, we we love our friends down there. Shout out to my buddy Rob Wharton, uh, who came up in conversation. He's a fucking asshole, but I love him. All right, uh, we'll just leave it at that. Just just like Sal. <laughs> the real man. <clears throat> yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, that's that toxic masculinity again. He's my buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you guys are my buddies, too. Uh, and Love you well. You're a little, yeah, you're a little toxic. A little toxic. I'm extremely toxic. We drink I, together. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm. My blood is toxic right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm hot right now. <laughs> um, uh, but listen, if you want to uh, cool yourself down, um, mm-hmm. maybe uh, a nice uh, uh, spring day coming up. Uh, you want to sit outside. The sun's getting in your eyes. You need a hat. What are you going to put on the hat? A heavy hole podcast patch, officially embroidered. Nice white threads on the on the black background. 
Where where do we get some? The like widest, that? yes. Uh, yeah, heavyholepodcast.com slash shop. Oh. oh my. Not only uh, if you if you just go to the uh heavyholepodcast.com, we have under a dozen uh, features for you to check out. Um, <laughs> you know, you can you can uh, check out the feed with new episodes. You can uh, look at the homepage, or you can go to heavyholepodcast.com slash shop and uh, get yourself a t-shirt. Uh, find your size, add it to your cart, put in your payment information. It's oh. all encrypted. It's all safe. We'll send it right to your house. No questions asked. Or you can add a, a, a heavy hole patch. This is a three- by three inch patch this will fit anywhere three inches can fit uh three inches of blood uh on your floor we'll get this three by three inch uh patch um at your door uh again no questions asked all you gotta do is pay shipping and the price of the patch it's very very easy it's comprehensive um and we try to make it as easy as possible uh for you guys the listeners and the, uh, the buyers and the potential consumers at home to uh rock heavy hole merchandise so uh, in and around your life uh, to be transparent, because I don't want to lie to our listeners, I am wearing a hat that Justin sewed one of the patches on. Yeah, and this is a good move. Wow! So yeah. maybe you don't have thirty dollars for a hat, but maybe you have a hat that you don't like the logo on anymore. Maybe, maybe you have a local neighborhood thrift store where you can buy a hat for two bucks. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Make I'm... your own heavy hole hat, which I am wearing uh, thanks to Justin right now, and it looks great. It feels great, and you look um, amazing. You, yeah, have exactly. a, you, have a, you look strong. I feel strong, man. Proud, I that's really a, do. It's a great segue, Tom, mm-hmm. to the Patreon because you subscribe to the Patreon. That's uh, Patreon.com/slash Heavy Hole hmm. Podcast. Yes, uh, yes, Heavy Hole, Heavy Hole Podcast. Right. Yes. That's right. That's where we are. That's what you're listening to right now. Uh, subscribe to the Heavy Hole uh, Patreon, and uh, you get access to all these video features, uh, advanced uh, Q and A questions you can ask these illustrious guests that Will just brings. He just out of his pocket throwing guests. Like into the audio sphere is what we're doing. It's nothing. And you, and you might see a future uh, tutorial where I show you how to buy a hat at a thrift store and sew sew this patch on. I like uh, great idea. I, we're gonna have to go on a field trip. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, and and there's bonus episodes. We just recorded one of me. It, the whole bonus episode is me yelling and complaining and we have about things on the internet. Yeah. And we have officially turned the uh, voicemail line into the vent line. The I believe. Line. Yep. True that. Yeah. yeah. If you go to heavyholepodcast.com, the mm-hmm. number is displayed right there. And uh, we don't. if you want to recommend something, I mean, go ahead. But what we really want now, call up and bitch. Call up and vent. Vent. Give call, us a yeah, vent. Get vexed. Yeah. Give us mm-hmm. a call. What's going on? Yes. What's bothering you? What 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 in the metal set? Is there a band you don't like? And Big Will doesn't want to compromise his uh, neutral journalistic image to talk shit. Maybe you could talk shit, and yeah. we'll publish it. That's right. Yeah. Do you do you want to stay anonymous? Maybe you want pitch shifter uh, vocal uh, pitch shifter pedal on your voice. Yeah. As as you come in to stay anonymous, like, to protect we'll do yourself it. from the government. We're we'll do, do that. It. It's yeah. fun. We'll do it. That's right. Yeah, we'll put an effect on your voice if you leave a message and you don't want us to to, to reveal your voice. We'll that's do the, it. That's the vent line, guys. If I will. It's the ventilation shaft. It's the Whoa. Heavy Hole Podcast <laughs> ventilation shaft. Like it. Heavyholepodcast.com. Uh, check that number out. Call into the ventilation shaft. Yeah, let yeah. it out. Times are tough. Get it off your chest, tough guy. All right? You got you got, you got, you got a complaint. Bring it up. All right? You know, every week, maybe leave one. Oh. <laughs>